Good morning. It's so good to have you with us at church. And uh, it's exciting to see what God is doing in lives. We always open in prayer. We pray for our nation, our leaders. So let's do that as we, before we get into God's Word. Father, we thank you for Canada. We thank you for a nation, Father, that is serving you. We declare, we prophesy this nation follows you. We declare freedom, Father, for your Word. We declare freedom for your Spirit. We ask you for leaders, Father, who care about freedom and people who are selfless in their leadership, from politics to business to health care to every area, education. We claim leaders Father, who are for the best of Canada. And if they're not, then move them out and bring us leaders immediately, Father, after your own heart. We pray this in your wonderful name. Amen and amen. As a young man in my teens, I began to notice living and growing up in a Christian home with amazing parents that all of those people who called themselves born again, they weren't alike. In fact, I began to divide in my own teen mind people into two groups. And it was interesting, and I think it was a smart thing. I think God began to speak to me and prepare me. I noticed one group of people, and very broad group, that had given their lives to Christ, but they treated the Bible like a rule book, a management book, and a principle book, which it is. And so they would time manage their life. They had all their guidelines in place. Uh, they believed in God. And their life was mapped out before them. But, but I noticed they were boring and bored. And then I noticed a smaller group of people like my parents. They could be pastors, leaders in business, uh, education. But I noticed another group of people that my parents would often hang out with, and they would get together. And these people not only knew the Word, and they managed their life with the principles of God's Word, and they would prepare and plan like the others, but they lived differently. There seemed to be a sense of adventure upon them. They would be risk takers, not gamblers, risk. They would look at things, pray about things, and they would venture out into stuff that they always had stories of what God was doing in their life, as what God was doing in their business, their family. And when they talked about it, it was interesting how many miracles that were in their life. There was this group that had a miracle-working God, and they were passionate, excited. You'd go for coffee with them, or you'd have them over at the house, and they'd be talking and excited and sharing stories of God's goodness. And, and the other group, they, they, they were going to go to heaven when they die, I'm pretty sure, but there was just something missing. And I knew as a teen that I wanted to be in that group of people who lived with passion, excitement, risk takers, who got up and really lived. And I began to look for what the difference was. Now, I can't judge each individual person, but for my life, I brought it down to two things. These two things I have practiced now, I'm not perfect at them, 
but I've practiced them for more than 40 years. And it has meant the world to me. And I want to talk to you about them. I was watching a, a television show about these wonderful people who rescue animals. And they would often rescue dogs whose owners had died and no one knew it, or they had owners that were awful, horrible people who would leave these poor animals caged or in the yard. And in this television show, they would show this, this poor dog walking and it would be so skinny, the ribs would be sticking through, and, and its hips, you could just see the hip bones coming out, and when it walked, it couldn't even walk straight, it was so weak. And then you'd see a, a normal animal of the same dog breed, its coat so shiny, its eyes alive, its ears just perked, ready to play. I mean, it was filled with life and passion and excitement the way a dog should be. But I remember looking at that one day, and you know, I'm always preparing messages. I've, I've probably got 20 on the go at any given time because I'm always preaching all during the week, either on television studios or here, and I love it. But I'm always looking and saying, God, guide me, lead me, help me to make the Word of God alive to people. And so I'm watching this show, and I sensed the Spirit deep inside of me say, that poor dog, that's like many Christians today. And I kind of just stopped and thought about it, and I thought the only difference between that poor, skinny animal with no energy, no life, its head hanging down, no passion, uh, and, and I mean, is, and the other one so filled with passion in life, the only difference was diet. It was eating or not eating. And as I began to dive into God's Word, I began to find some really potent scriptures that I didn't see a lot of people sticking to. The first one I'm going to talk about is the bread of life. Jesus in John chapter 6 and verse 32 goes on a discussion using Old Testament type and New Testament, and he makes this comment that he was the bread of life. He, and it, why would he use the word bread? And I began to recognize that the people that I really respected, if I could get close to them, and I noticed it in my parents, that my dad would continually find these moments to get alone with God's Word. He'd do it late at night, early in the morning. I'd come home from school and find my mom curled up on the couch, her Bible open on her lap and a notepad, and, and she'd be taking notes. And, and you often, well, I often wonder, like, hey, I, I already know what the Bible says. Good Lord, I'm 13 and I already know what the Bible says. I've got to figure it out. <laughs> Why are they still studying it? And then I noticed the difference over the years that a lot of people were like me. Once you figure out Old Testament, New Testament, God sent Jesus, Jesus died. If you accept Jesus, you go to heaven. He'll heal you to i got it all figured out. But that's not what people who lived with incredible passion, who lived with miracles happening, who lived with the relationships that were rich and rewarding and laughter and, and vision, and, and those people, they fed on the Word of God. If I was to invite you over for a turkey dinner, I said, hey, 
We're having a turkey dinner, and we'd love to have you come on over. And you said, oh, no thanks, I'm good. I know what turkey tastes like, know what stuffing tastes like, I know what cranberry sauce tastes like, I know what mashed potatoes and gravy tastes like. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, I'm good. Kind of go, that's a dumb thing to say. Because it's not eating one turkey meal that changes your life. It's eating them all the time. And so many Christians, they treat God's word like I know it, why spend time in it? But the word of God is food. It is the bread of life. To not eat the bread of life means you have no nourishment for this new kind of life that flows from your heart, out of your spirit, that gives you the life of God. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life more abundantly, innumerable in quantity. I mean, unexplainable in quality. And this applies to your health, your mind, your emotions, his peace, his joy. As you feed on the word of God, nourish, meditate, think about it. Enjoy the word. And Jesus is the word, John 1 1 says. It's such a mystery that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word, the word of God, the Bible is Jesus. When you feed on the word, you're, with, you're, you're meditating in a relation with Jesus, but people don't see it that way. And so if it's just a book of management, principles, rules, guidelines, and it's that, but that's all it is. You have missed the most beautiful, amazing part of Christianity. And that is the Word of God can be fed on. And as you enjoy the Word, this bread of life begins to change you. And I want to challenge you in this new year that if you look at this new year and go, what's it going to be like? What will it be like? That's the way, the kind of the weak group of Christians I noticed they always were wondering, was God going to give me a word? What's God going to do? What's the world going to be like? What's going to happen in government? What, what, what's going to happen this year in 2022? That There was always a bit of an anxiety. Now, if you confronted them on it, they were offended. No, I'm a man of faith. I'm believing God. But their conversation never reflected a sense of courage, never reflected a sense it's going to be amazing because I'm God and I, we're a majority, and we're going to get up and win. We can, we're going to build our lives on the rock. Storms can come and go. It's not going to touch me. That wasn't in their vocabulary. And so, you know, they wouldn't consider themselves fearful people, but there was a trepidation in them about the future. There was kind of a concern that was they didn't realize had its roots in fear. There was this irritableness about things not working out, and they didn't realize that irritableness is anger, and anger has its roots in fear. And so these Christians would be irritable, easily upset, always a little bit worried, always needing a word from God, from somebody else to give it to them. And then I'd meet this other group. And this other group, they just seemed to be filled with a passion, filled with a strength, filled with something. And I began to recognize the nourishment of God's word. Just like when you eat healthy and you eat protein, and you begin to eat your carbs and your vegetables and, and the vitamins and, and, the, and the different kinds of minerals. And as you eat a proper diet, man, your body can do well. Your nails, your skin, your eyes, your hair, your muscles, your organs, everything. There's an energy, a level in you that just rises up. And so it is for those who feed 
on the bread of life. Those who begin to treat the word of God as feeding myself the word. And I want to challenge you. What are you going to do with God's word? So many people treat church like, hey, teach me something new. Teach me something I don't know. Well, I love doing that. I love finding nuggets in the word and things to help people. But God's word, when it is read and when it is listened to, it feeds you. I find in my life and in the lives of our family that each of us will look for a time to get away with a great teaching book or a teacher of God's word, that anointing upon him will come through the words on that page, will come through the teaching of his message. Or you're, and you'd get your Bible and you'd open it up and you just begin to feed on God's Word, read His Word, study that teaching book and the principles and the life of God. You can just feel it on the inside. I'll find that if I don't spend time each day feeding on the bread of life, feeding on God's Word, that something happens to me. I begin to get a little bit concerned. But I don't mean a healthy concern. I mean an unhealthy concern. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so as I would feed on God's word, I would start to talk different. I would start to say things about my future. I would start to declare. And, and, and I began to find that there's a life force on the inside of me that I could feed or I could starve. And when I starved it, although I when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, I found I couldn't enjoy life. And I wanted to make sure that I was dancing in the face of every storm, passionately living in the face of all issues and problems, G getting up and declaring how I'm going to live when the news and leaders in every other area are trying to speak curses and, and negative. And, and I know they think they're warning and preparing us, but because they don't understand, they just create an atmosphere of fear that divides families and homes. And I found that I would begin to drift in that direction if I wasn't a self-feeding Christian. I needed to feed on the bread of life. I needed to eat the Word of God, meditate upon it, have it renew my mind, establish my heart in grace, have my mind so that I would look at things and see the truth. Did you know that if you do not feed on the Word of God, you will make wrong decisions because you'll make decisions based on trepidation, concern, worry, um, irritableness, I can't handle this anymore, I've just had enough, there's just no way I can do this anymore, and on and on. And that's not the way you were designed. You were designed to be an overcomer. You were designed to be someone who would rise up and see it through. The Bible says the church of Jesus Christ can't be stopped by the gates of hell. You are designed to get up and prosper, be healthy, to smile, to laugh, to win. In fact, the church of Jesus Christ is salt. We are light. We are the leaders this world needs. They can find all the talented leaders they want in every area, but without the bread of life, the word of God that brings this peace and this life. You get, you get born again through the word and then you begin to rise up and it affects everything. Those are the kinds of cities, countries, companies. Those are the kinds of people that will rise up. And, and I noticed that. And today I want to tell you that you've got to recognize that if you are not a self-feeding Christian, that you're like that poor dog I watched on TV that 
owner unable or you know didn't feed it when they finally rescued it that animal shelter to watch it walk out from behind that house out towards the van as they were leading this poor dog and it was skinny emaciated it it was just no energy no drive and I recognize that's us if we do not feed the, the spirit man, if we do not feed on God's word, establish our hearts. There is an energy that comes from the word of God. The Bible says, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You need life rising up in you. There's a difference when you meet somebody and it, hey, how's it going? Well, I mean, hey, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good year. And I mean, we're looking forward to it. And you can see they know the right words to say. It's not enough to know the right words to say. Are you filled with a passion, a life, that Zoe life of God that makes you rise up at your relationships, your finances, your career, your church, your friends, your purpose in life? It's just lit up. And there's an attractiveness to you that people want to get around you. Why? Because they sense an overcoming strength. The Bible calls you an overcomer. What is an overcomer? It means it doesn't matter what comes at you, you get over it. You ever watch an eagle? I was out fishing, and, and uh, I know it's, I used to always say fishing is not for me, but got enjoyed it. But I was out fishing up north, and I happened to look in a really windy day, and I saw this eagle just way up in the sky, and he had his wings out, and he was just sitting there in one spot. And there was two of them. And as the wind was coming, they didn't do anything. He just went like this. Now down below, the tops of the trees are whipping back and forth, and the waves are so high that we're going back to shore. And here, these two eagles are way up there. And I just had them stop the boat, and I just wanted to sit there and look at them for a while. And it was an effortless. They just kept their wings out in that position. And that's it. And the wind hit those wings, gave them lift, and, and they just sat there in one effort. I want to encourage you that you are called to live over, to be overcomers. And if you do not feed yourself on the bread of life, if you do not feed yourself on God's word and get to know Jesus through his word, because he, man, I just, I feel sorry for you. And then you're going, well, you know, I've been praying for miracles. I discovered that when I got out of the word, miracles didn't happen. I discovered when I got out of the word that I couldn't keep the joy. I couldn't keep peace. I couldn't keep an overcoming. I couldn't see the miracles or the gifts of the spirit because I wasn't feeding myself. Oh, I could blame my church, my pastor. I could blame other things and God, I could blame God. God do something. And God is saying, I've already done it for you. Feed on my word and it flows out of your life naturally. Stop feeding on the word of God and it's you are going to suffer. And there's no one to blame. So let's feed on the word of God. Let's get God's word on the inside of us. The second thing that I noticed that really changed the lives of people was Holy Spirit. Now people talk about God They've forgotten that God is three in one, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And you know what's exciting about Holy Spirit? Is that He is a person. He has a personality. And that 
this personality. He is absolutely in love with you. He yearns to get involved with you. Jesus called him the helper, the comforter. And that as Jesus was going to leave, he said, I'm going to send Holy Spirit to you. And he is going to help you and show you and coach you and, and be there for you. And the Bible has a verse that says this Holy Spirit, he literally, it says, he lusts after you. You got to go, what? That word is used so many times negatively, but it means he is so in love with you. He wants so badly to be involved in your life. And then it says, and he's envious. He doesn't want anything else. He's jealous after you. He does not want you, you know, getting worldly. Where in other words, golf becomes more important than the word and getting to know Holy Spirit. Golfing is fun, but it shouldn't take over your life. It shouldn't be money. Or There's so many little things that can take over our lives. And I began to recognize that when I met these people, you know, that would hang around the church and, and leaders that, that were just alive, that they enjoyed and loved the Word of God. And there was great big Mickey Mouse ears. They'd always be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. They wouldn't say it religiously. Like some people go, well, the Lord told me, the Lord told me. No, but in conversation with friends, they would say, you know, I sensed God guide me over here. I sensed Him lead me over there. And I would hear story after story from them as to situations that they would go into where the Spirit of God had guided them and led them. And I recognize, the Bible has a verse where Jesus says that you don't know where the wind comes from and you don't know where the wind is going. So are those who have the Spirit of God. In other words, you don't know always what God is up to. You don't know all the things that are interconnected to everything that you do. And so you've got to trust Holy Spirit. And each day when you get up, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. You've got to get up in the morning going, Holy Spirit, guide me today. He'll guide you on how to look after your marriage, how to raise your kids. He'll guide you to someone who's about to take their own life. He'll guide you to situations where you begin to live this adventure of seeing the presence of God flow through you and undertake in situations and touch people's lives. I remember one time driving into the house and Sally had told me supper was on and, and the kids were there and as I drove into the property I just sensed deep inside me quickly a sense of urgency turn around go back to work turn around go back to work and I just sensed it in there and so I knew oh this is not cool but I quickly turned the vehicle around and began to back go back on my tracks down the same uh, roads back to work I stopped at a red light and I looked and I saw this hubcap still kind of going in a bit of a circle. You know, when a hubcap comes off a car, it rolls, then it kind of goes around, 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 around. And I looked to my left, and there was an accident there. And so I quickly pulled my car over there, and uh, I checked one of the cars. It was a young lady. She was totally fine. Then I ran over to the other car, and here's a man. His head is back like this, and he's dead. I checked his carotid pulse. There's no pulse. He's already bluish. And I went, oh, no. And so I quickly grabbed his jaw, and I gave him one breath. I went, oh, straight into his mouth, and I just said, live in the name of Jesus. As I did that, someone tapped me on the shoulder, and I turned around, and an ambulance had been driving by. 
So I backed out of the way, got my car out of there because the accident scenes become very complicated. And then I went to the hospital that they were taking him to. I remember speaking afterwards with the ambulance crew, the paramedics, and I said, so, you know, how did the guy do? I, I, I didn't see you doing CPR. So I thought, did they declare him dead? What happened? And they said, no, he was, what do you mean do CPR? I said, well, when I found him, he was gone. I had no carotid pulse. He was already blue. He was in, you know, he wasn't conscious. He was out. He was gone. He was dead. And so, oh, no, we got him with a, a viable pulse. And, and finally, we took him in. He hasn't regained consciousness yet. And I found out just that that same day that they had moved him from the resuscitation room that they took him to up to the, to the surgical ward, to a medical ward. So I got in to visit him got into the room and this man was laying in the bed his eyes were open but he couldn't talk I didn't know what was going on and and so I just shared who I was that I had found him at this accident scene and and I just began to share Jesus with him and he wouldn't respond to me and I said if you understand me blink twice and he blinked twice so I know oh so I'm not sure what's wrong but I can communicate with him for the next few days I would drop by his room and I would tell him about Jesus. At one point I said, you know, you can receive this Jesus Christ as your Savior. I said, you can't speak, you can't communicate, but right now just say, Jesus, I give you my life, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. So I led him in that prayer. He couldn't say anything, couldn't move. And I said, if you did that, blink twice. And he blinked twice in a row, bam, bam. And uh, so came back the next day, walked into his room and the bed was up high, all the linen was gone, which meant that the person was gone. And so I asked the nurse, where's the gentleman from this room? They said he passed away during the night. I want you to understand something. That man would have missed heaven. He would have missed heaven if I wouldn't have gotten up each morning and said, God, what do you want me to do today? Holy Spirit, I'm open to your instructions. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to have my ears always on. I want to have this great big sensitivity of Holy Spirit. What do you? And so as I'm pulling into my house, I sense this deep inside. Go back, go back. And because of that, in the next few days, I was able. So I don't know until I get to heaven who was related to that man, who was praying for that man, Whose prayers for him got it to the point where Holy Spirit guided me to be there to get him from death back to life and then to be able to share Christ with him before he went into eternity. That's the kind of life you can have when you feed on the Word of God and you listen to Holy Spirit. Now what good would it be to listen to Holy Spirit if you haven't been feeding on God's Word and filled with, with, with life? Now he can lead you into a situation which you've got nothing to give. And what good is it to be filled with the Word of God and the power and the presence of God and not know where to go with it? The Word and the Spirit are designed to work together. And if this year you want to see a year unlike anything you've ever experienced, never forget the bread of life. That's what Jesus is. And that's what the Bible is. Feed on it. Get out to church. And please, I pray that you would begin to honor and recognize the value of the church you attend here. That not only is the Word of God coming from the pulpit, 
but the courses during the week and the things that you can get online and the television uh, station, Miracle Channel, that's feeding all the word and the school that is teaching our kids and all the things that we do to bring God's word. The, the, there, there's, there's all these banquets being set up, but only you can feed yourself on the bread of life this year, every day, feed on God's word and learn to get to know Holy Spirit. He yearns to be your helper. He yearns to help you out in every situation with the gifts of the Spirit, His direction and guidance, and His comfort. Meaning, in every situation, He brings peace. He brings joy. Even when things are hurting and you've lost loved ones and maybe you're going through a situation today, you know, the Bible says He restores your soul. Like that beautiful testimony of that that lady who had her marriage and all the things she was going through. You know, there are things that happen to us in life that can rip and tear at our soul as we lose relationships and people, but he restores your soul. How does he do that? As you feed on the word of God, the bread of life, Jesus, the Bible, feed on it every day. You will change. You won't recognize yourself. You will rise up so filled with excitement and passion and anointing and, and, and power, and you'll be sensitive to Holy Spirit. This winning combination, Holy Spirit and the bread of life, bring them together, and your year is going to be the best you have ever had ever in the history of your life. Father, I pray right now that you would help me this year, Sally and I and our family and our home and our staff and our, and our church family, that you would cause us, Father, to just recognize the importance of the Word, that as we feed on the Word daily, and Father, as we listen to your Spirit every day, we get to walk into situations and see the power of God help people and bless people, and we get to live with such purpose and passion and such miraculous supernatural living is available to us. Father, I pray this on every person listening, that across Canada, the church will rise up as never before. Around this planet, the church will rise up as never before, feeding on your word, listening to your spirit, and being the salt, the light, the supernatural people you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. <laughs>